Hey, hey everyone, this is Seth from the show. Just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this week's episode. I uh, just want to give you a little heads up in our format change for this week. After some earlier technical difficulties, we've moved the show later into the night. So uh, we're going to have a couple beverages with the show. Uh, feel free to crack one open yourself and we're going to get you the same fantasy football advice a little later on today. Um, and then moving forward, you can check us out on our live stream uh, Tuesday nights at IBT underscore media on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at the same handle as well. And as always, the audio episode will be dropping Wednesdays later on in the day as well. So you can continue to check that out on the go as well. Thank you, everyone. And let's get to the show. Welcome to the inaugural Hump Day Happy Hour from Seth and Nate with In Between Media. Um, we had a little podcast issue today. We recorded this morning and didn't go quite the way we wanted it to. And now we're here. Uh, new concept, new idea. We want to give you the same stuff that we give you on the podcast, maybe a little bit looser. Um, we're here to have fun. So if you've got questions, pop them in the comments. We can definitely tackle those. Uh, pop open a drink and let's have some fun guys. Seth, how are you doing tonight, man? Hey Nate, uh, I appreciate you setting this up tonight, brother. I'm, I'm doing all right. It's been a, been a crazy day. Uh, been, been a lot, of, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, ran in some technical difficulties earlier with the podcast, but Hey, I'm happy to be here now. Happy to be, uh, doing a little happy hour with you drink in hand. So, uh, cheers, my, my man. Cheers, man. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I have a Trogues Blizzard of Hops. This is a, a beer you can find out in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Trogues, they're a great independent brewery, so highly recommend them to everyone. Uh, not, hashtag not an advertiser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, if they want it to be an advertisement, it definitely can be. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Nate, what, what, what do you have on, on tap for us tonight? I have an Odell Brewing Company uh, Rupture IPA. It's a local kind of up in Fort Collins, uh, Colorado State University town. Lots of craft breweries up there. It's good stuff, man. Absolutely, man. That's hey, that's that's how you do it right there. Uh, right. I feel like Nate. I mean, we we got a lot to cover here as far as football is concerned. Uh, it's kind of been a pretty crazy time, uh, you know, not just in fantasy football, but kind of in life a lot lately. It seems like you know we're very much uh, in midst still the you know COVID-19 is kind of shaking things up a little bit uh but we're doing the best we can we have the election kind of going on today as well but we're going to keep things light here and keep it positive have a good time and uh I don't know man we got a lot of football to get to as well yeah man it's been uh today's been kind of a crazy day got the news in San Francisco that we had Kendrick Bourne test positive this morning and now they're singling out I think it was Trent Williams um Brandon Ayuk, obviously that's a big one. And then Debo Samuel, who was injured anyway, probably wasn't going to play. But the Brandon Ayuk news is harsh. 
Yeah, he was looking like, especially in, I have him in a couple dynasty leagues. I was looking at firing him up this week. Uh, I know we were looking at him in DFS right now too. I think we actually featured him in our column today. So gonna have to go back and change that. It, it's a crazy situation. The Niners can't really catch a break. I mean, you know, all starting week two, they lost Raheem Moster, they lost Joey Bosa. Pretty much their whole defense has been torn apart made some trades at this point. Jimmy G, he obviously exits the game last week. He's on IR. George Kittle's on IR. And now they don't have, what, their top four or five receivers? Like, this is going to be a kind of a shit show going into Thursday night, I think, a little bit. <laughs> well, Dwelly, baby. I mean, yeah. if he's a guy – he, he's available in most leagues. He's a guy I would probably be grabbing now. I'm assuming the game's going to be played. I mean, this one's just riddled because you're without A.J. Dillon. You're without Jamal Williams. Sounds like Aaron Jones is going to go, but we don't know. So now you're stuck with Tyler Irvin. I mean, this isn't a matchup I want a part of. But for DFS, I think, I mean, you've got some, like, weird plays. I think you could maybe parlay that into some cash in DFS. But standard fantasy, like, wow, like, what do you even do with that game? This is like like the replacement players game, like something we've kind of never seen, uh, at least in the modern era of, of the NFL. Like this takes us back to when you know we had threatens of, of lockouts in the early 2010s, things like that, and and now we have a bunch of guys coming off the practice squad. But it, you know, and it, it stinks for San Francisco and it stinks for the Packers, and and we wish all those players well as they battle this illness and hopefully they can get back on the field. But in a way, it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys can do, and, and you know, maybe some of them, some of them can step up and and maybe earn a real role on this team going forward. It'll, it'll be fun to see, though. Uh, you know, Shanahan's such a good coach. I, I think you're right. Like, it's going to give some younger guys an opportunity to figure out what's going on. It's kind of like what's going on in New England right now. Um, they're they're bad, and yeah. you've got some of these younger guys. Like you're seeing in Kiel Harry, he's somebody I would sell. Like if you have him, sorry, Jen, I love you. Sell him. Like a lot of people were hot on him, but then, did you see the thing that Christian Fourier said about him today? I don't think I did. No. He called him the worst route runner he's ever seen. Even when he's open, he's covered because he doesn't run the right routes. Dang, dang. Right. New England can't catch a break right now, man. I mean, uh, it, it it's tough out there. Well, but twenty years of dominance, like it's bound to happen. You're going to have some down years. Yeah, I mean, I think Cam Newton has a chance to bounce back a little bit right now. Like, if there's an opportunity, it is the New York Jets. Like, let's be honest. Like, they've kind of become <laughs> the meme of the NFL right now. And, you know, if he's going to go out and have a game, it's it's now. But who's he thrown to? Like, Jacoby Myers? Like, is that something you're really interested in? Like, I know you and Chase on, on your guys' Hard earlier this week you guys talked about him a little bit but like unless i'm truly 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 desperate like i don't want Kobe myers i don't think you know i'll be i wouldn't grab him right now i would wait a couple weeks see if you see some promise in him i mean they've got to start belichick's smart enough that he's going to want to start to develop these younger guys he's basically written off the season so you get these younger guys in, you get them some work, you see what they can do. Jacoby Myers is a guy that I think he's going to want to see work. From that standpoint, from a PPR standpoint, I mean, maybe. Maybe if you're desperate, but outside of PPR, definitely not. Dynasty, I'd stash him, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
the the one good thing I think I think there's a lot of nice defensive plays out there this weekend. Uh, you obviously know the Steelers defense as always is going to be hunting, uh, of course, against uh, a Dallas quarterback. We're still not sure if it's going to be Rush or Anderson uh, or yeah, it, it's it's going to be rough there. And 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 Green Bay's defense, like they, they were someone you normally I feel like wouldn't want to start against the Niners, but right now, like who's Nick Mullins really going to be thrown to? Obviously, oh, he's got I think nobody. I mean, yeah, I think Jared McKinnon, like, they're going to have to use him now somewhat in the passing game because they don't have a choice. So, like, I think he gets a bump. Obviously, we like Jermichael Hasty going into this game. Right. I think I think they're going to stack a lot of boxes against him, though, and, I, you know, hopefully he can do something in the passing game because I think that's where he's going to need to make up for the stack boxes he's going to see because they don't have any receivers to play deep against. So, man, it, it, it's going to be messed on that side of the ball, and – I mean, I, I don't know. Is there anyone else in this Thursday night game you think you want? I mean, if Aaron Jones is going, I want Aaron Jones. Probably okay. Devont, uh, Devontae Adams. I, mean, I, want Devont, I want to fire up Devontae Adams for sure, especially Devontae Adams. I feel like in any DFS, like obviously Devontae Adams, if you're playing like captain mode tomorrow, I think Devontae Adams, like everyone's probably going to go out and make him – their captain, which is going to be super expensive. Nate, is there like anyone else you're thinking of on this Packers side of the ball? Alan Lazard might be back. I know you've kind of been in, in that MVS camp a little bit th- this year, and, and you know you know where I stand on MVS, so I'm out on that. But, I mean, Tanyan's a guy who looked okay too. I don't hate Tanyan. Um, I don't love Lazard. I mean, I'd stretch – I guess I'd stretch for Lazard. I mean, he could be, I guess he could be a sneaky play. I don't, with Devontae Adams taking up so much of the targets, rightfully so, he should be. I don't know that I like any, outside of Tanya and really any other receivers with the Packers. Yeah, yeah, it will be a tough one. Uh, Hopefully, you know, hopefully you have a guy like Devontae Adams. Hopefully you have a Jamichael Hasty. Hopefully, you know, you grabbed him off the waiver wire last week. Uh, Maybe you've had a, a, Jared McKinnon in your back pocket for a little bit. So if not, totally. like, I think that's really what we're going to get from this Thursday night game. Uh, a little bit of fun and uh, some Joe Buck action. You know how that goes. So uh, Totally. <laughs> Nate, uh, who are some other guys that, uh, you know, normally on the podcast we refer to as in the scope? And these are kind of the guys that are kind of just laying out there in free agency. You're not going to go out and spend a lot of fab. And – but, you know, maybe in the next week or two, they're going to be the hot wave rads. Who are some of the guys uh, you've been looking at? Well, real quick, want to shout out Charles. Thanks for watching, bro. We love Jamichael Hasty. I know you love him, too. Uh, got a little bit of my love for him from you. So thank you for that, sir. Um, so one of my guys that I love this week, Albert Aquabonum. And I know Chase didn't love him as much as I did. Uh, it's just... Drew Locke has a rapport with him. They played together in college. They had 17 combined touchdowns over two seasons. I love him. I think that he's showed that he's a precise route runner. He has rapport with Locke. He's a red zone target. He's a guy who's going to get you a couple catches a game. And with the more fast-paced offense that the Broncos are trying to run, I think he's a guy that he has a low floor, high floor, low ceiling, but that ceiling could jump and we just need to see he's taking targets away from Noah Fant. 
So that's something. Especially Fant is a guy that everybody was so hot on. And now Denver's running out sometimes in these two tight end sets where they're running out Jake Butt when he's healthy. Um, they've got Veld here. They've got Aqua Bonham. They've got Fant. There's a ton of guys they're rolling out. So I, I think he's a good pickup. I think he's a guy where if you're desperate for a tight end, and I think a lot of us are, I think you should grab him. Yeah, uh, you know, Albert O, he, he's a super interesting guy this week. I, I've actually always been kind of a Jake Butt truther going back to his days at Michigan. So I have a little bit of a bias there. But, you know, he, he throughout his whole career has, has obviously not stayed healthy for the Broncos. So Albert O, he's making the most of his opportunity here. And, you know, I think we talked about this before, Nate. Like, outside of Jerry Judy and, and I guess, like, KJ Handler's uh, doing a little bit nowadays, it, but like outside of them, like the Broncos don't have much in this, this passing game. Like Melvin Gordon, he's been pretty decent out out of the backfield in the receiving game. And I mean, yeah, but he fumbles too much, dude. I don't like yeah, it. He doesn't have, and it drive turnovers drive me nuts. And like I get why Arians pulled Rojo, which we can talk about later. But like Melvin Gordon, he doesn't secure the ball enough, and it makes me crazy. I I understand. I mean. I, I feel like just – I mean, but they keep going back to other guys too, like like Hamilton in that offense. I mean, he's another Penn State mini line guy. Like, like we are, baby. Like, I'm all on that train. But, like, that guy has a case of the drops. He, he – I mean, oh, every time he, he gets an opportunity to step up as, like, the second or third option in, in this in this receiving core, he, he let, lets you down year after year. Oh, dude, watching him – <laughs> it's frustrating because he has so much potential. He's such a great route runner. He's got good hands at times. Like he makes these crazy difficult catches, but then you throw a slant route down the middle with a perfect, perfect throw in stride. Dude can't hold on to it. Yeah. And, and I think, I think this all leads us back to Albert O'Neill. Like, like he's a guy, he's going to get some targets. He's been tight end of PPR 11 in the last two weeks. Noah Fant's been 12. So, like, they're both viable, but I think that's definitely, like you said, it knocks down Fant a little bit. Albert, oh, he's a guy, though, like, especially when you're, if you're in those tight end premium leagues, like, you should probably be you should probably be hunting him. You should probably at least, like, if you have a, a free bench space, if you're in the Scott Fishbowl, like, I think he's a guy you could, you could it's very viable this week there, too. So, Albert, oh, man, I like it a lot. Yeah, man. What do you got? All right, so I'm going to bring back uh, one of my old faithfuls here. I've talked a lot about this guy this season, and that's Randall Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew it was coming. Uh, I, I always refer to him as like I'm standing out in the cornfield because no one ever wants Randall Cobb. Uh, you know, definitely like when he got this contract this summer, Tom and I talked about it on the podcast. Like he was definitely paid way too much, but like he's a super consistent receiver, especially in fantasy. Like, He's not going to have these huge blow-up games every week. Uh, he's right. not going to like he doesn't have the upside that Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks have. But like he's, you know, I think what five out of the seven games he's had double digits. He's PPR wide receiver thirty-nine to buy. Like like Randall Cobb is super viable, and like Deshaun Watson's only getting better. And they have Jacksonville this week, man. And 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 Jacksonville yeah. is just like like they're tanking at this point. I think I, I think it's safe to say that. I, yeah, maybe not tanking, but like, like it's in the cards. If they lose another two games, three games, they're probably tanking. They're going to bench Minshew and just try to ride, ride L's the rest of the year. Well, I'm curious to see Jake Luton. Like, 
we're going to see him this week, obviously, with Minshew's hand issue. I mean, you ne- the thing about the NFL that I love every year is that you never know. Like, you, Gardner Minshew actually looked decent to start the season, and then his lack of arm strength was kind of exposed against better defenses. But Lutton's a big guy with a powerful arm. It's like Josh Allen. I loved Josh Allen coming out of college, and then everyone hated on him for the first two years of his career. And this year, he, he hasn't been phenomenal, but the dude's got arm strength. And that was one of the right. knocks on him was like, he doesn't have the arm strength to make the NFL throws, but he does. And until I see Luton, I want to see Luton, I want to see three weeks of Luton, three weeks of it, and I can make a decision on Luton. I mean, I think we're going to see three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. I think he finishes out the season. So you don't think Gardner, like, once he's healthy, you don't think Gardner, like, retakes his job instantly? Probably not. I think Man. I think Doug I think Doug Marone's done with him. I think he could have played this week, but it was a thing where Marone wants to see what Lutton can do. Man, that that's like that's super disheartening too, because like like I understand what you're saying about like the potential is there with this kid, but like isn't that what we said with Gardner Minshew last year when Minshew kind of came out of nowhere? Like I think Minshew for the rest of his career is probably going to be like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to be a journeyman probably after this season. And no one's ever going to lock him down as a franchise quarterback. But, like, the dude probably at the end of the day, like, he, he slings it. Like, maybe he, he does. Makes, like, he makes some bad decisions with the ball, obviously. But, like, man, like, it, for the DJ chart, like, I'm worried about, like, the DJ chart owners out there. I, I just went out and acquired him, like, bought him super low in a league, got him in, like, kind of as a throw-in in a deal. But, like, I think I want him with Gardner Minshew, not Jake Luton. W- would you not agree on that? I have to. I need to see more Jake Luton. I guess. Yeah. I need to. I, I, I need to be watching yeah. more college film. Apparently, is what it comes down to. But I, I agree. Minshew's probably going to turn into some sort of like journeyman quarterback. And when he's thirty-eight years old, we're going to see a video of him wearing the shortest shorts you've ever seen <laughs> in practice. <laughs> and everyone's going to love it. So that's Minshew's future. Which and hopefully he still has a mustache when he does it. Because what could be better than that? Yeah, it, it, it's funny. We got we actually got on this topic now, Nate. Looking back at it, uh, we were talking about Randall Cobb, and that's how we <laughs> Randall Cobb. Okay, let's go back to the Texans. Yeah, so I mean, let's do this. Yeah, what's what's your opinion on like Randall Cobb? Like, I don't see him as a league winner, but he's like a guy you're not going to be spending any fab on. You're not going to be spending right. like any priority, and like he could be a borderline like wide receiver three rest of the way. I don't disagree with you. I think the potential's there. And obviously, Will Fuller Fuller isn't happy. So with that, I mean, Cobb really becomes the main target because, you know, Bill O'Brien traded away DeAndre Hopkins for popcorn. But I like Cobb. I liked Cobb when he was in Dallas. I've always liked Cobb. I liked Cobb when he was in Green Green Bay. Bay. I think he's, yeah, wide receiver three. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's his role in the Texans. That's probably what he'll be again. He's not going to have the Zoom weeks that these other two are going to have, but he could have some consistent flow in there for you. Um, is, what about Ross Dwelly here, Nate? Like, he's someone we kind of brought up on the pod earlier today. And, right. like, now, like, I know we kind of talked about him. Like, is it really, like, I, I just went out today in Scott Fishbowl. I added him. I dropped uh, – Harrison Bryant for Ross Dwelly. I, I didn't spend any fab on Ross Dwelly. And like, 
I think he's going to kind of be a guy I might, like, I'm considering starting. I do. I mean, is there any other option in San Francisco? Your wide receiver one and wide receiver two in San Francisco are Ross Dwelly and Jordan Reed. So. If Jordan Reed's ready to go, too. If Jordan Reed plays, and if he can stay uninjured through the entire game. I love Jordan Reed. When Jordan Reed is healthy, he's amazing. I just don't trust him enough to roster him. Uh, I think Dwelly's probably the good play here. That was such a good feel-good story early like in the season, seeing Jordan Reed come back and seeing him have a couple awesome weeks, scoring two oh. tutties, I think, in, like, what was it, like week two or three? Like, it, that was awesome to see. Yeah. <clears throat> I love Jordan Reed. I loved him when he was in Washington. Um, he's a good dude. He just – it's like Deontay Johnson. Bro can't stay healthy. It yeah. sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I'm go yeah, I'm going dwelly here. I love that. I think it's a good play. DFS it's a good play. And if you're trying to find a tight end, which I think about everybody is, yeah, man, I'd grab him. Kind of like sticking on that good, good play, Nate. Like we normally call the sure thing sleeper of the week on the podcast. That's normally how we go about it. We always try to bring a little bit of summer back into our show and uh, yeah, I, I know you've already kind of had some snow up there in uh, in Colorado and out here in PA. We, we've had a little bit. Like, I haven't had it, like, indirectly in my town, but I know, you know, maybe 40 miles north of me or so they've had some snow. So uh, who's, like, some of the sneaky plays you're maybe playing this week that no one's really talking about? So my sneaky play for the podcast was Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, that's a tough one, too. Which I suppose wasn't so sneaky, but now it's not sneaky at all because he's not playing. Um, I have – okay, so <laughs> I like Jordan Wilkins in Indy. I know Jonathan Taylor's supposed to be the man there. I get that. I didn't buy it initially. Then I started to buy into it when Marlon Mack got hurt. And then there was that series of downs on the goal line last weekend – where Jonathan Taylor couldn't get in, and then Wilkins yeah. just walked in. And then he walked in on the two-point conversion. Yeah. And I understand that the scheme blocking was different. Taylor was trying to go, like, right up the gut with it. But that's part of the problem. Like, Jonathan Taylor doesn't have that vision. And I think that's what we're seeing is he's a powerful runner without vision. Like, he can't, he can't do, like – what set Barry Sanders apart from everyone in the NFL is that dude would take the ball. He would stand yeah. there for like half a second to a second. He'd see the line and he'd pick his hole. Jonathan Taylor just runs and that's fine. But Indy's not a power running team like that. A guy like Jordan Wilkins is smart enough to bounce outside and it may be nothing, but I think he's a sneaky waiver wire ad. I think he's a guy that could possibly get more carries than he's had. I, I wish I could remember exactly who tweeted it, but someone tweeted the other day and it was a video cut up of like some, some of his, uh, his tape from his, his college days at Wisconsin. And th then it was like his tape from this year. And, and last year it seemed like he had vision and it seemed like he had pace and he had patience, kind of like that lead bell type, like, like that, that one, two quick step. And he kind of almost looks as, as looked like almost like a, a better version of like, kind of a mixture of like a James Conner and David Montgomery this season so far. Like that's kind of what I've seen from him. And but like, 
I get. I guess Nate, while we're on this, like, are are you interested in going out and like we talked a lot today on the podcast about buying low on players? Like, are you interested in buying low on on Jonathan Taylor, or would you rather just grab a Jordan Wilkins off off the free agency, like probably for not much at all, if anything? So I guess it, I suppose it depends. I've got a couple leagues where I'm basically streaming running backs, and in that instance, I'm probably going to go grab grab Jordan Wilkins. Um, Right now, I would buy low on Jonathan Taylor in Dynasty because I don't believe this is the end of him. His story might not end in Indy. It might end somewhere else. But I think that there's production value to be had. And Frank Reich's a smart coach. I mean, he could turn it around. But in redraft right now, I I just – I don't see the value in even buying him low. Am I crazy? It's tough because it's like – would you give up like a DeAndre Swift and like a Damien Harris? Nope. Okay. Would you give up like a like an Amari Cooper? Like maybe get like Jonathan Taylor and like a Jerry Judy back or something? Oh, I'd do that for sure. Yeah. I mean, package him with somebody and I'll take him. I got you. If it's a I good package. You. Yeah, it's a, it, it's an interesting discussion. I mean. I'm not totally like I'm not giving up on JT yet. I think there's still like he could be a guy who bounced back, but like I think overall when you really sit back and you think about this RB class, this rookie RB class, Nate, like it's been rather disappointing at the end of the day. I feel like Clyde, like Ceh, has been rather disappointing. Jonathan Taylor's been kind of disappointing. Like Swift yep. has been okay for where you got him, probably like a sixth or a seventh, maybe. But, like, Dobbins up to this point has been mediocre, too. Like, there really hasn't been, like, the best rookie running back for your value maybe was, like, if you got Antonio Gibson, I feel like. He's been pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm like, 50% sold on him. I wish he was in another system right now. Yeah. But I think Rivera's going to turn that around. I mean, I still don't understand why, why Kyle Allen is starting over Alex Smith. It still baffles me. I don't get it. I don't know if Kyle Allen has like blackmail on this man or like if there's <laughs> just like homies kicking it on like Tuesdays together. I, I, I don't know what it is, but like Kyle Allen is not as good as everyone thinks he is. No. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Rivera's got a plan. Maybe his plan is to lose as much as they can to get a good quarterback in the draft. Right. I mean, right. could be. Who knows? That that organization's a mess, though. The ownership. I don't draft Washington players. It's no. just like a general rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Nate, we, we kind of got on this uh, little rant here. We, we got talking about Jordan Wilkins, and you know, he's a guy who, up till this point, like he had a couple a couple games where he was only seeing about uh, about one carry or so, but. Earlier in the season, he was seeing like nine carries, and, and he was averaging about like 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 four a carry or so. He saw twenty for right. eighty nine in in week eight. Like th- that's pretty nuts. Like honestly, that like, was mostly in the second half too. Right, right. So uh, Wilkins has forty nine carries, one hundred and eighty three yards. He's averaging three point seven three yards per carry, and he's got a touchdown. That's not. I mean. That's serviceable if he takes over the RB1 role because they're not trusting Taylor. But it's also risky. Like, we don't know what Reich's going to do. I, I, I just I, – I can't I can't give up on Jonathan Taylor. Daddy. I'll be honest. Like, I'm going to – I think I'm going to hold hold Jonathan Taylor if I have him. And 
it, it, if like the issue is people still out there are like if you have Jonathan Taylor on your team, you either drafted him super freaking high, and so you're like a JT truther, and it's like you're not really even if you can most leagues I would say you're still not buying JT low, but you know that that's a really good point, Nate. Like when you really pull up JT stats, like he's got a hundred rushes for three eighty nine and three, like that's well not yeah. That's not great, man. We're halfway through the season, and he's, like, on pace right now for, like, less than 800 yards. That's icky. That's poopy. Well, he's, <laughs> he's averaging more than 10 carries per game. He had 26 carries in week two against Minnesota for 101 yards, but he's only got three touchdowns. I just don't trust him, man. Yeah, and, like, like even, like, think about week one. I think he had six receptions in week one and he's had his 18 total on the season like what's up with that man like I, I don't know frank wright like i know we talked about like i like frank wright as a coach i know you do i like the sirianni kid there the offensive coordinator uh he, he's actually a, a, a distant relative of, of a member from Kane. we are once again uh <laughs> back let's go but i mean dude yeah, I think they need to do some soul searching here. They need to figure out who they have because they don't have any receivers. It seems like T.Y. Hilton, he's down once again, and it's oh, he's now did, yeah. They have Michael Pittman Jr. back, but like he hasn't shown anything. Paris Campbell's like been lost for the year. Like they have nothing out there. Like I know you highlighted you like Zach Pas- Pascal. I know you talked about Pascal in your in your column this week, and while I think Pascal's serviceable, like. He's not a number one receiver in the NFL. Like maybe that's part no. of the issue too, is they have no one to take the top off. Well, and I think the fact that Philip Rivers is the quarterback there, I think that they thought they were getting a like win now, win this season quarterback. And they're five and two. But I just I have issues with their usage and I don't think they're a team that can sustain it, and I don't like their running back situation, mostly. Their wide receiver situation also isn't great. I mean, Jack Doyle and Trey Burton have been kind of the stars the last couple weeks. Jonathan Taylor hasn't been great. T.Y. Hilton, his grandma called him to tell him, like, what are you doing after week two? That tells you everything you need to know about what's going on in Indy. And, like, they can win – just fantasy wise, I'm iffy on most of the guys. I like Pascal this week specifically, though. Yeah, it, I mean it makes sense, man. It, I just the Colts they've like they're a good football team, but like when it comes to fantasy football, they're someone I I probably rather pass on for the most part. But like you said, like the RB situation is just brutal out there right now. The landscape is not good, so I definitely think. Jordan Wilkins, he's, he's worth a look this week, for sure. Yeah, man, for sure. One one of the guys I wanted to touch on a little bit, and he's definitely rostered. He's been rostered this whole year. He was drafted, and he's he's been a guy who, you know, kind of underperformed quite a bit, like, from what, what we were expecting. But he's probably been riding your bench for most of the season. But if you need a, a spot start this week, I'm looking at Jerry Judy uh, from your Denver Broncos, Nate, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. What, what, do you, what do you think about Judy here? Um, obviously, it hasn't been great for him so far. Wide receiver 61. I chalked that a lot up to, like, just the Broncos in general. have kind of been injury plagued. Sutton's been gone. Tim Patrick's been banged up. Drew Locke hasn't been healthy this season. Like, 
how, how do you feel against Atlanta, who is like bottom three against wide receivers this year? I feel like pretty great about it. I think um, Judy's a tight route runner. There was going to be a period of adjustment, especially with no preseason. And I think that's yeah. something that maybe we're not talking about enough, even into week right. eight. Like it's week eight, but we're in week four. Mm. As far as like, if you factor yeah. preseason games, yeah, Judy's still getting used to the NFL, man. Like he's got a lot to learn. He's, he's a tight route runner, but he doesn't know like nuances of playing against an actual NFL defense. As good as Alabama was, they still weren't facing an, an NFL caliber defense. He's still right. learning how to work against the quarterbacks, but I think he's getting there, and I think he's getting some sort of uh, – him and Locker starting to kind of get in tune with each other, and I think I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm firing up Judy in a couple of leagues. Again, SFBX is one I'm firing him up in. Uh, I think I'm firing him up in our office league as well just because, like, that's kind of where we are at some of the, like, I was a guy who I punted a lot of receivers. In, in some of these leagues, I hit on some some waiver guys, some late-round guys, but another one's like Jerry Judy for me. He's a start. Atlanta, they're allowing 13 receptions, uh, over 210 yards, and one TD yeah. to the losing wide receivers. And, like, like, there's Handler. That's it. Like, again, we don't like Hamilton. We've talked about that enough today. Right. But So, yeah, Jerry Judy, he's another guy uh, we've talked about. What, what do you think – Tom on the podcast today. Tom couldn't be here tonight with us. Uh, he's out there making the world a better place, uh, help, helping with some local elections. So hats off to Tom. Appreciate you out there, Mr. Kuda. W- what do you think about Chase Edmonds, Nate? He, he, he was a guy who Tom was – I mean, a, a lot of experts are putting him within their, like, R- RB1 discussion. Well, <laughs> I hate Kenyon Drake. Maybe irrationally, but I've just never bought into Kenyon Drake. I didn't buy into him when he was in Miami. I didn't buy into him when he got traded to Arizona last year. But I think I bought into him, like, initially. Chase Edmonds is a better running back. Like, let's all be honest. We all know it. Kenyon Drake is a guy who's supposed to be a thing. And I think you said on the pod, like, they paid for him. So, of course, they're going to run out Kenyon Drake. But Edmonds is the better running back. And now we're going to see him featured in Arizona without Kenyon Drake stealing carries from him. And I love him. I love him. I love him in that offense. I think he's in any matchup running back. He fits well with Kyler Murray. He fits the scheme that Kingsbury is trying to roll out. I think he's, dare I say, a smash play this week. Or any week, really. If he's the RB1, I love him in that offense. I I agree. My only pushback on, on Chase Edmonds for this week and kind of moving forward here, and obviously is a great matchup this week, but I've seen these players before that, like, they're great in a complementary role, and then they get into this, like, Chase Edmonds' best games have always come when the defense wasn't expecting him. Like, remember last season when he, like, kind of trolled everyone and the Cardinals, like, like Twitter put out, like, oh, you didn't start Chase Edmonds in fantasy, and it's like, well, no one freaking knew Chase Edmonds was going to go off because David Johnson <laughs> at that point was still, like, the starter. You, you remember that? Yeah, I do. Like, I just have a feeling, like, maybe when, when defenses start kind of scheming for him and, and spending a week at a time planning a, against him and seeing what he does well, what he doesn't do well, I think he'd come back down a little bit. I think he'd come back down to earth. I think maybe that's what's happened with Kenyon Drake. It's a tough situation. Like, I'm – I'm just super hesitant always kind of on, on these, like, replacement. I don't want to call him a replacement player because he has been great. He has – Right. Don't give me, Chase Edmonds has been great this season. Like, 
in the chances he's had, he has been fantastic and, you know, better than Kenny and Drake. But my worry is like when he becomes the RB one, just like Anthony Madison did or Alexander Madison, excuse me, a couple weeks ago, like that, that, that's where I am, I guess on Chase Edmonds. I hear what you're saying. So you're kind of comparing him to Case Keenum in Minnesota, Nick Foles with the Eagles, where it's like they weren't the guy. And then the guy got hurt and they had to step in. It was like, oh, but there's no pressure on me because it's a, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't see that with Edmonds, though. I think he's I think he's a guy who's capable of being a feature back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. Yeah, I could be yeah. totally wrong as I am like when I told everyone to go buy Mike Gusecki last week. Hey, uh, there's a chance though. There's a chance <laughs> on that one. I, again, we we are baby. So, uh, yeah, Chase Edmonds, Nate, you're not alone on that hill. At the end of the day, like whether you're right or you're wrong on this, again, I'm a little more hesitant. It, it, I don't have Chase Edmonds in any league, I'll be honest. But if I did, I would fire him up this week. And at the end of the day, though, like this is industry professionals have been super hot on Chase Edmonds. For a couple weeks now, so it's like it, it's nothing new. So, if you die on that hill, Nate, you will not be dying alone, my friend. <laughs> well, thank God I won't be lonely. Jen won't be there. Jen won't be there with me, or she might oh, no. be. She might be. I get, I'll talk to her after the stream. <laughs> we'll find out. No doubt. No doubt, Nate. I thought we'd kind of round out the stream today with just a little bit of a, kind of advice for the second half of the season and. Some kind of just life advice in general, because at the end of the day, that's kind of what we are here at In Between Media, where we're life advice intertwined with uh, some, some feel-good fantasy sports advice as well. Uh, football has been on the slate this year so far, so I guess let's start. Let's start with fantasy football. That that's what we're on right now. Like, what advice can you kind of give to our listeners? Our our what do you call people who stream? Are they streamers? Is that is that like watchers? viewers? Viewers, we'll go viewers. We'll go viewers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What do you tell our viewers <laughs> out, out there tonight, Nate? Like, as far as like getting through the rest of the season and trying to win some championships here. Well, this is a this is obviously the craziest season I've ever been in in fantasy. I think most people would agree. Like, oh, yeah. going through our lineups tonight, Jen and I were sitting down going through everything, and she had a league where she had six guys on her starting roster that were either COVID designated or on oh. buy. Or injured. Oh. So, all that to say waiver wire, guys. Work the wire. Be smart about your fab. Don't overspend on a guy like Jake Lutton or Nick Mullins. Yeah. Look at the other rosters in your league. Figure out where guys are going to be spending their fab. And then work that. Like, if you're the only person who needs a quarterback, don't put any fab on Nick Mullins. But get Nick Mullins. And be smart about how you're working the wire. And if you can't work the wire because your league's too deep, there's nobody left, trades. Make trades. And if someone proposes a trade to you, don't ghost them. Just don't do it. It's rude. It made me really mad. I don't understand why you do it. Like, it was a fair trade offer and I DM'd you and you didn't yeah. even respond to that. I gave you 48 hours and nothing so just don't do that and work the waiver wire, work the trades. That's the only way you can survive right now. I mean, all of our leagues are so deep and so beat up and just yeah. so battered and band-aided. 
work the waiver wire. What do you got, yeah. Seth? Yeah, uh, to kind of build to kind of round out your idea as well, Nate. Like the one thing I'll say is like don't like to me waiver wire like the the work is not done after waivers end. Like I think that's when the work's kind of just begun because again we we talk a lot about in the scope candidates on the show, Nate. Guys, you can kind of get for free after waivers run. So like those free agent fines are also super important. And like the other thing is like. People, at least in like my most competitive league this season so far, like people have dropped incredibly valuable people, and like I've been scooping them up. Like after week one, Daryl Henderson Jr. was dropped. I picked him up. I played him a couple times. Rode him to week seven. Flipped him for Mike Evans. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I grabbed J.K. Dobbins after he was hardly used, but I knew Mark Ingram was injured. They were going going into the bye. Uh, the owner dropped him. I just flipped him and CD Lamb, like Mark Andrews and C or DJ Chark. So like, there's a lot of value out there. Like 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 the people drop. So keep that in mind. Uh, the work is not done after waivers run. And nope. I kind of I kind of just want to like finish with like buying low. Like I know we talked a lot on the podcast this season. It's like you know trades do make your season a lot of time they can help you win but like don't feel too forced into a trade but like right now is the time to buy low there's a lot of guys out there in the last couple people in the last couple weeks that people are like writing off like we talked about jonathan taylor on the show today nate like he's a guy you can buy low if you want to take the shot on him like like he still has league winning potential like it's looking like it might not play out here in 2020 form and that he might be a better play moving forward uh, into 2021 and beyond. But like guys like him, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, like he's like, you get him for half the price right now. Juju Smith Schuster, Mike Evans, like Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. Like, like there are guys out Hmm. Amari Cooper. Like like, there are guys who could be studly at the end of the season. Like, I mean, you have to pick and choose obviously like, you know, I would prefer to have someone who has a quarterback and not, right. not, not like, <laughs> you know, ju- like Juju, like he has big Ben still. I- I'm more interested in him. Darren Waller. Like, I know you hate Derek Carr, Nate, but Darren I've Waller. I've come around. I've come have, around on Derek Carr. You, you I've come one. around on Derek Carr. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And don't be afraid to like, take a risk. It's 2020, man. Like everything is such a mess. None of us, like we're all trying to figure this out. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time studying, but at times I feel like all of that, there's so many variables that we can't account for. It's a crazy season. Take a risk. Yeah. Get ballsy. Get ballsy. Get ballsy, man. Sometimes you just gotta like throw your nut sack over your shoulder and just go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. All right, guys. I think that kind of wraps up our live stream. Uh, Thanks for joining us. If you did, Uh, those who are watching, we appreciate it. It was fun. I think this is probably going to be a weekly thing. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put it in the in the review category. We're gonna see what uh, <laughs> you know. Maybe we might change it to a Tuesday night thing. But stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date with the schedule and everything like that. We appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, yep. Herms out there, Jen. We appreciate you guys. Everyone else who's been tuning in tonight. Thank you guys. Uh, keep it in between, and, and and we'll be back next week for you. Yeah, man. All right, guys, have a great night. See you later in the week. Take care.
Thank you.